Hello again, back with part two of this super spicy little podcast thread. It might There might be a part three, who knows? Because again, this is something I could talk about all day because it's super nuanced. There's no black and white, right and wrong. Um, yeah, it's a nuanced discussion and it's something that I think about a lot and come across a lot as a maintainer. So we're going to keep talking about it. And the point is open source is not first come first serve. And the, the impetus is a little bit of tailwind community drama. Um, yeah, people, you know, whatever. Uh, okay. So, excuse me. I don't know if you can hear that. When you drink seltzer before you do a podcast, things like that happen. So, um, another example that I want to bring up because that's really a lot of these discussions you're, you're doing a lot of comparing, finding examples from your own projects, comparing experiences to other, uh, even hypothetical scenarios. Like, you know, what if, uh, somebody forked Laravel and called it Schleravel and had added one feature and then Taylor added that feature into Laravel. And then that person was like, Hey, that's my feature. And he's like, what? Like I'm adding a feature, you know? And then that person was like, the big guy always squashes the little guy, you know? Ah, super weird. Well, I'm thinking of it. So Blade X, Spotsy put out a package a while ago called Blade X that brought, that made Blade components um, more user-friendly, I guess, so that you could actually uh, reference them kind of like view components directly in the HTML. So that X hyphen component thing. Um, I don't remember what it was for Blade X. I think it was, what was it? It was some some icon I, I didn't really like, and I think that's why I didn't use it. Um, maybe I don't even remember. Maybe it was just X hyphen prefix, but whatever. So that existed and a bunch of people used it and, and, uh, Frake like hyped it at, at Laricon. Like he used it at Laricon. They put a lot of work into it. It became like an actual package. Um, and I, I remember like demoing things, people being like, why aren't you using blade X? So then Taylor, he created, he, he basically pulled it into Laravel. He didn't just like grab the code or whatever, but you know, he used that concept and he put it into Laravel. And we're all better off for it. And now I use it all the time. Um, and so, and he he took a lot of cues from like Views Component Framework, you know, API um, and Blade X and whatever, but he put in Laravel and everybody's happy. Now, fortunately, like Frake and the Spotsy people have have like kind of a long history of being being, having a very open spirit about things. So I don't think there was any sort of animosity at all on their end. But I think it's another similar example of something where something's out in the community, people like it, it validates the idea, and now like it makes sense for the maintainer to, to put that functionality inside of Laravel or inside of the main project. So sometimes sometimes it's, it's a feature that is actually original where somebody decides like, I'm going to add an original feature on my own and make it this small separate package. And then that's kind of a gray area because as the maintainer, you're like, you have, you have to wonder like, ah, oh, did I get this idea straight from them? And is it ripping them off? Um, or is it, oh, there's, it's so complicated because I've seen some, some kind of stuff like this and people could say that like, oh, you just saw whoever do that, but then be like, okay, but that's kind of an obvious thing. And I would have, I would have wanted to do that eventually, or I would have figured that out eventually. It's really tough because at the end of the day, this is open source, um, you know what? That's even a useless statement because what does open source even mean? People, some people think that it means that like any open source code is open and fair game for complete use anywhere and ownership is everyone's. And then other people think that, yeah, the code is open source. You can fork it, but I own it. I own that repo. Um, I'm allowed to be mad if you fork it and call it your own thing, you know? Uh it's a weird thing, especially when you mix money into open source. That makes it even weirder. 
but where was I? So, so that gray area where sometimes a new feature comes out and, and then a, a maintainer kind of pulls it into the package and it is original and somebody did contribute it. Now it's really nice when that person goes, I just want this feature to exist. I'm going to put in a third party thing to validate it, to get it out there. Once you feel comfortable with it, I would love it if you pulled it in because I want it in the framework itself and I want everybody to benefit from using it in the framework. And there are a lot of people who do that kind of thing. And that is of course, really nice as a maintainer of the project. So then here's the not as gray area. I think this is what I, this is the things I think of when I say open source is not first come first serve. When people do obvious things, when people do things that everybody thinks of that aren't necessarily original, like an admin panel for, for Laravel, that's not an original idea. Anybody could think of that. A component library is the least original idea ever. Everybody thinks to do it. It's so obvious. It's been done a thousand times in a thousand different frameworks. It's not novel or original. So if you're the first person to build a component framework, you can't be mad if someone else builds a component framework, especially if the person who wrote the framework or who wrote the tool that you're building it in puts out that framework because, and you might, you know, whatever, because they, they deserve, I deserve to be able to monetize the frameworks that I've built, that I've spent so much time building and, you know, putting work into. And of course other people have too. That's, that's the nature of the thing. Um, that I've put a lot of work into and I've been putting so much work into it that I haven't had time to focus on something small like dev tools or whatever. Here's another example while we're throwing out lots and lots of examples. So Alpine, um, there's no, you know, universal data store in Alpine and, and that, you know, that's a known thing. And I remember, you know, a while ago, uh, I mean, I thought about putting a data store in it. I thought about, you know, it's, it's not, it's not a novel thing to think about because Vue has Vuex and there's Redux. And it's so it's not like something that's like, oh, a data store in Alpine, you know? Um, and I talked with a guy uh, about, uh, I talked, so I'll, I'll, so Ryan Chandler, we talked about putting it into Alpine. And I said, I said, no, um, like, I don't think we should put it in right now. I want to hold off on it. But uh, for the next major version, yeah, we should put it in. We spec'd out an API. Like, this is what it could look like. We talked about it and we were like, all right, yeah, interesting. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to put in this version because it's too much. We're just going to maybe wait till the next version. But if you want to do it, if you want to do your side thing, go for it. And so we did. And it's called Spruce now. And I linked to it in the docs and he's maintained it. And it's got quite a few people using it and supporting it and everything, which is really great. But like now, now that it's sort of popular... I'm like in this pickle, you know, it's like, oh man, what do I do? I want to put the feature into Alpine and with the new architecture, it actually makes a ton of sense. It would be so few lines of code. I want to put this feature into Alpine, but I also don't want to just squash this person's project. This is the difficult stuff. This is the thing that's a really tough decision. It's like, I know that the the ecosystem is better off. I know that the tool is better off if it has this feature out of the box because people are going to trust it. It's going to be officially maintained. Its API is going to be exactly the way that I would want it to be, like in line with the Alpine vision. Um, yeah, it's a feature that I, I would want to to add into Alpine, whatever. But it exists and it's called Spruce and people already know to use it. So it's this really kind of weird, weird place to be as a maintainer, especially so Ryan has done a ton of work for Alpine. He's put in lots of work helping in issues and pull requests, which makes it even harder. Um, so at the end of the day, uh, I don't actually know what I'm going to do, but at the end of the day, I mean, I actually built it in Alpine. I'm probably just going to release it because in, in actuality, the code for it right now in Alpine V3 core is like four lines long. Um, so anyway, so I don't think I'm actually violating any principle of like um, taking an original idea, taking somebody else's source code that they innovated on 
it's just one of those first come first serve problems of like somebody else did it first, but that isn't justification, unfortunately. Um, and generally the answer is, is like, as the maintainer, this is going to sound like the harshest thing in the world. It's like, go, uh, I, like, I wish that this could be your original thing. You know, I wish that these dev tools could be your claim to fame. I wish that this component library, that this admin panel, this whatever could be your claim to fame. But if it makes sense for me and my project to do it as an official thing, I'm still going to do it because it's not a first come first serve basis. Because when it's a first come first serve basis, the people who have what, what gets rewarded is the people who have lots of time and energy um, that don't have to funnel it into other things like like the framework itself, into the, the drudgery, the, the issues, the pull requests, the bug fixes, all that stuff. Um, which is fine, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's sort of a disadvantage for the creators who have to do that drudgery. Um, so yeah, so there's that. There's also, you know, it favors a spirit of like, well, who said it first? And it also, it creates this environment where you want to say things, you want to put your flag down early on stuff just to tell people that you're thinking of doing it so that eventually if somebody comes at you, you can be like, no, 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 look, we, we talked about it on a podcast. We put it in a blog post. We, we put our flag down. You can't, you can't tell me that this was your idea first or that you, you know, so, oh man, this stuff is so tough and it's really tough as a maintainer because ultimately everybody just wants to, everybody wants to help. Um, you know, let's make a part three. Wait, we still have 20 seconds. Everybody just wants to help each other and build up a community. People are excited about tools and excited about a philosophy and camaraderie and community spirit and all that stuff. They just want to pitch in and then weird things like this come up. Um, it gets even weirder. It's not all purity though. Like a lot of people want to advance their own careers and their own personas and brands and whatever and portfolio like me. I wanted to do that. So I totally get it. And everybody has a right to do that. Um, but there are certain, there's certain etiquette surrounding it. Uh, you don't want to necessarily do that on someone else's turf per se. Um, like, you know, if I wanted to create a name for myself, um, you know what? It's all up to you. If I want to create a name for myself, I could create a competing, um, PHP framework, but I shouldn't be mad if Taylor stops retweeting all my stuff or doesn't, doesn't retweet it and say like, this is so cool what he's doing with Schmaravel. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's like anybody can do what they want, but you got to recognize when competition is competition. If you're competing with somebody and your work is a derivative of theirs, like in this case, I believe Wendy's and, and T-Wind are, um, you can't be mad about this stuff. Like you've taken somebody's hard work and innovation, you called it something else and you put work into it and you're allowed to do that, but you can't be sad when somebody says it's competition, bro. You competed, you know? Um, so yeah, we're at 11 minutes and nine seconds. Woo. I think we'll call this one so I don't just keep rambling, rambling and ranting, but I will go a little bit over time. I hope that you recognize um, at least the maintainer's perspective. Um, I, I think the, the non-maintainer's perspective is probably the easier one to grasp because I think I had that before I was a maintainer, the sort of uh, whatever, the underdog mentality. It's always It always seems a little bit more pure than the person who has the high ground, of course. Um, but hopefully I gave you a window into the perspective of the person who has the high ground in these scenarios. And for the person who does the work and innovates and provides all the value and spends all the time in the trenches, when people rip it off, start their own thing, get mad that you didn't bend over backwards to meet all of their needs and desires and give them a thousand percent of every nugget of credit 
that, you know, whatever. It's really, it's really dumb and frustrating and annoying. Um, so who knows? It's an ongoing conversation. Open source is tough. Not a lot of defined things. Not then the definition is always changing. The spirit of open source is changing. It's definitely becoming more commercial. Um, I'm part of that with my GitHub sponsors push. So this is it. This is what's up. Uh, welcome to open source drama chapter, uh, 1001. Have a good day, everybody. I'll see you at Laracon tomorrow. Laracon online tomorrow. I'll see you there.